You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. The following is a close to the heart presentation in association with the PFC Podcast Network and has been rated L for mature audiences only. Some language and dialogue may not be suitable for members of a family under 18 years of age. I'm Jason Klaus, and over the course of my life, I have done a lot of different things, worn a lot of different hats. But this may be my greatest endeavor yet. Welcome to my show, and on here we will discuss a variety of different topics from sports to entertainment to pop culture, but above all else, we will discuss how we can make a positive difference for ourselves and for those in and around our lives. I may go on rants, I may go on sidebars, but it all comes from the heart. Welcome to the Klaus to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Klaus to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. I'm Jason Klaus, and would you believe it? I am truly being joined by Nikki Falsoni. Hello, Nicole. Hello, hello. hello. It's been a minute. It has been far too long. Has Life been. is crazy right now. Life is, um, well, you know, it likes to throw throw those, those curveballs, you know. And uh, you would think that after having seen so many curveballs that we as humans would would have the ability to see when a curveball is coming and learn how to reshift our swing of the bat. That does not always, you know, sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you you can take a curveball out of the park. Um, be like, nice try, bitch. It failed this time. Um, but that, you know, a lot of times it comes when, when we least expect it and we're not prepared for it. And the next thing you know, we're having to deal with, well, life. Um, so I get it. You know, we've we've been in, in contact off and on over the past several weeks just to make sure that, you know, everything is, you know, still kosher. There were, you know, there was concerns that I had fired you from the show and all this <laughs> other stuff. Um, so... Be that as it may, uh, we figured because it, it has been such a long time since we've been able to, you know, really have a conversation, really correspond with one another. So this week is going to be one of them impromptu uh, catch up episodes, you know, kind of bring, you know, talk about things that you may have had on your mind. Nicole, I know, you know based on conversations that we have had um you have a lot of thoughts a lot of opinions because a lot of shit has gone down over the airwaves here on the network and over on ONTV that um you know you and I you know kind of had correspondence with 
prior to all that happening and yes. like you like you were very much aware of what was happening just you know i hadn't put it out there in 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 the public but right. uh, you know you follow me on facebook and you've seen the shit that i had put out there you know everything is calculated like there i don't accidentally hit the share button i don't accidentally post something um if, if it's on there it's meant to be on there you know um either if it's something that i have originally written you know that's from the heart that's what i'm thinking that's what i'm feeling about things that's just kind of opening that door let people in a little bit to see what is truly happening versus going over or going off of rumor and innuendo um so yeah I know you, you have a tremendous amount of opinions and thoughts and probably a question or two in there. And so I think what I'll do is because listen, our, our, our listeners, our fans, our followers, they've heard me nonstop for like the last two months or however long it's been. It's been um, two months. It's been over two months. Okay. But so it's funny because you and I talk weekly, but. It's just our calendars have not coincided. Life has no, just been don't. hectic. Just it really is. And there's no signs of slowing down because no, <laughs> you know, certainly you not. Know, no, the the school year is coming to an end. So now you know you, you you've got the kids all day long. You got to figure out different things and activities for them to do to keep them engaged, active. Because you don't you know this is the time of year that they really look forward to. So you want to make sure that you're doing things to make a memorable one, you know, a memorable time off from school. If you are in a district that still has the quote unquote summers off, I know more and more districts are adopting the year round gimmick, but um, be that as it may. Um, yeah. I mean, it, that's, that's absolutely right. Our, our schedules have, have, not coincided at all, but uh, it just so happened we're actually it took a it took a goddamn holiday um, <laughs> for this to to come to fruition. So um, I will go ahead and um, STFU, as the kids say, and uh, just just let you take over here for for a little bit. So, um, well, <laughs> our youngest. We had, and you and I talk about this, um, you know that he is um, a little zesty, and we've had some ongoing concerns with him since he was little. He has lived with us since he was 17 months old, and um, I've consistently along through the last, well, he's been lived, lived with us almost four years, had concerns about um, just some things that didn't seem quite right. And his pediatrician, who we love, was, I don't want to say dismissive because that has a really negative connotation, but um, he's like, no, I think it's just an age thing. I think it's a phase thing. I think this is something that will resolve. And um, finally, like a, almost a year ago, I really pushed and I'm like, I'd like a referral to Children's um, Develop and Behavioral Center to kind of see um just to make sure that things are as they should be, because I do have some concerns. So we went, uh, like September is when the referral was put in. 
And at that time, they had an eight-month wait list. And um, through the fall, he was having a rough time where he was at, where he was going to preschool. And they provide, like, daycare, but then they also have a preschool program. Well, in December, they were having a real difficult time uh, dealing with his behavior and everything. And they said, you know, hey, there's this other preschool that we think he would do really well at. So Jesse and I kind of jumped through all these hoops to get him into the special preschool. And he started right after the first of the year. And he has made tremendous growth. And his teacher was absolutely wonderful. And she recognized that, you know, he's just built a little different. And then in April, so just last month, about six weeks ago, we got a message. Um, Stephen was at his other like daycare where he had previously gone to preschool. He was being bused to the other place from there. So he was there before school and after school. And this was on a Friday. And they said, because of his behavior, someone needs to come pick him up. So he was essentially removed from the program there because they are not able to meet his care needs because of his behavior and that kind of stuff. So it was something I took very personal. I was very upset about it. And I was finally able to, I called Children's and I said, look, we've been waiting since like September for this appointment. They were able to get us appointment an appointment the next week. And they, um, like our concerns were noted and they said that um, he is, um, does have ADHD. And he is, um, there's also concern for um, like a spectrum disorder, which is something again, that we had had concerns about. So while I was really upset with where he was at, because they're like, we just can't, we just can't deal with this. And then I started doing some research and recognized that the staff that they had was not appropriately trained. Like they had um, help wanted things that they'd posted on social media, like help wanted high school graduates come work for us. And I'm like, this is why you're having a difficult time with my kid. Yes, because he is special needs, but also because you're hiring 18 year olds that don't have an education background in your quote unquote preschool daycare. So um, that really kind of changed things for me because I was getting completely opposite reports of from one place to like his like special ed preschool. They're like, we love him. He's so wonderful. And the other students. And then we were getting like these doom and gloom reports almost weekly from the other place. And it impacted my relationship with my five-year-old because I'm like, buddy, what's the problem? Like what's going on? And then I just, it's like I had this epiphany and I was really upset with myself because I was like, he's built different. 
they don't have the qualifications and training and everything else to address his level of care that he needs. So um, he just graduated preschool this week and his teacher was absolutely wonderful. We're so glad he ended up going to this to the special ed preschool. And um, now we're doing childcare elsewhere and she loves him and he's thriving there. So I just recognized that um, for neurotypical kids, the place where we were was great. Like our other two kids go there and it's fine because they, they're able to meet their, their needs. Like they don't have any needs. They're kids. They play on tablets. They watch movies. They play video games, board games, whatever. And yeah, just recognizing that and kind of adjusting everything in our life. And so now we're waiting for our next referral, which is another four to five months out. And which backs us right up to kindergarten. And I called no less than half a dozen places trying to get a sooner referral. And this was after our one that we just had in April. They're saying, okay, well, it's going to be four to five months for the next assessment. And finally got in with a pediatrician and he was able to address some of it. But I started calling other places that now I'm like, okay, well, I have these diagnoses. Now, how can you help? And so again, this was in April. They're saying four to five months. I got October, November, December, which are all exceed the four to five months, February and April of 2023. So parents have nowhere to take their kids because these schools or daycare centers who are associated with school districts are not able to meet the care needs Without the official diagnosis and the paperwork, you can't get them into the special education programs. So you're stuck in this position where you have this kid, they're struggling, the family is struggling, trying to meet their care needs, trying to adjust everything in your life to, you know, what is going to work for them. And it's just, it's a really difficult spot to be in. There's just the resources are there, but the wait time and just the, it's hard on everyone. It's just, it's been crazy. But one thing is Jesse and I have kind of been dividing and conquering. So I'm focusing my energy on our little guy and he is taking care of the older two and it's working for us. Like I've kind of, I don't want to say withdrawn, but I've kind of focused my extra time and not, we're just changing how we kind of run our house and not putting our youngest in situations where he's going to struggle with his behavior, where he's going to have impulse control issues or other things. So, you know, the kids, the older kids recognize, like we've had sat down and we have like little family meetings and stuff and they know that he's built different. And, you know, we talk about differences in people that they go to school with or in our family and just that kind of stuff. So it's been helpful because I don't ever want my older two to feel like, oh, well, we're playing favorites or anything like that. It's just 
recognizing that his needs are different than what theirs are and they have a mom and dad and so it's 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 some growing pains but not i think we've done fairly well with how we're addressing it so that they don't feel like hey you know what i'm not able to go to your baseball practice tonight dad's going to take you or you know like that kind of stuff cuz i'm taking care of our youngest so it's been an adjustment but i think we're i think we're doing well I didn't realize all that was going on. Yeah, like that's you, wh that's why I've been so just not absent. I don't want to say absent, but just refocused a lot of my energy in different directions. It's no, been I mean, a lot. How, how could you not? You know, and a couple of things that stand out with what you just laid out. Number one, you and Jesse you know when you're dealing with all of this like there are so many people that i can think of off the top of my head that if they were met with a similar situation they just fold and crumble because it's it's too much they just throw their hands up in the air and say i don't know what to do so i'm just going to do nothing you know you guys you know you've come up with with an idea a plan you're executing it it's working for you um, I, from what I'm hearing, I don't think you could have come up with a better scenario than what you guys are doing. You're focusing on, on the younger one. He's got the, the older two, but I mean, it's still a family dynamic. You just mm -hmm. have to learn how to address the, the, the situations as they come. And that's so incredibly admirable on your part and his part. And that's pretty amazing, really. You know, but it, it just goes to show what kind of parents you guys are. You know, it, I mean, this is how you have tackled this. And uh, I, I applaud the both of you. I think that's fantastic. Um, the, uh, the other thing is that kind of stood out is, you know, you two having that conversation with the older two and let them know, you know, as best as you can as you communicate within forgive me i don't know how else to say it but within their their age bracket you know because mm -hmm. you don't you don't want to come out and use all these four or five syllable words that ultimately we have no fucking idea what they mean they just we just know it goes in this context right. um you know but to sit down and 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 explain to them why things are the way they are right now may be a little bit different than what you've been used to, but that, you know, I feel like that you're going to get a greater, you know, a greater sense of success with that part of it, just because this is, because this is a multi-layer thing here, mm -hmm. but that part of it, you know, you, you've explained it to them. They've obviously grasped some sort of understanding as to what's happening, why it's happening, and they're not allowing that to become a thing, I guess, a, a detractor over the overall what you guys are trying to accomplish here. So, I mean, I, uh, like, my heart goes out to the both of you because I can only imagine how challenging 
that can be at times. And I can understand the, the levels of frustration that can come into play. I don't understand, and this is where I'm fucking frustrated about the whole thing, and it's not even my kids we're dealing with here, but why is it taking so long between the time you make an appointment to when you're actually seen? Are there not that many people that are trained in this area of expertise? Or is there just more cases than what's being reported or anything of this? Like, I don't understand. If something of that magnitude, it should not take you four or five months to be seen. And like you were saying, it starts to affect like how, you know, their school career and what are we supposed to be doing? Because if we don't have them in the right program, and we can't get them in the right program. I mean, there's just such a goddamn circle here. Mm-hmm. And like, there's, again, I'm just an outsider, you know, looking in, but I don't see any aspect where one is trying to pull the reins to get the, to get some shit done here. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing? It's, I don't know if the pandemic has had a significant impact on that. Um, or if it's just there's such a backlog of children that need care or if there's not enough practitioners that are providing that care i don't i don't know what the ratios are but it's incredibly frustrating and um we knew he was on borrowed time at his daycare just because of his behavior and that is one thing that you know like we've joked about it like if you could bottle his energy you could sell it but he just climbing bookshelves and jumping off of benches and just being a five-year-old boy, but amplified. And I took it personal because I was like, what are we doing wrong? Like we tried gentle parenting, we tried timeout, we tried like all these different things. And it was like, it didn't make a difference. Like we put routines in place and we put, and it was so frustrating because again, I, as a lot of people do, you start taking it personal. You're like, what have I done? But then also recognizing his, um, in utero experience, (laughs) recognizing his, you know, the first 17 months of his life before he came to live with us, um, biologically, genetically, he's predisposed to a lot of things. Um, and just realizing all those factors coming into play, it wasn't that we were bad parents. It wasn't that we were doing anything wrong. It was just all of these things. You don't know what you don't know. Right. And like I said, I had my concerns and I don't know if I should have advocated harder. I mean, I trusted our pediatrician and I, and I still, I still, to this day, we love him. We have a great relationship with him, but you know, you're only seeing a glimpse of so much when he's in there for an appointment. So, I mean, it is what it is, but now we're finally in a place where we're heading down that road of getting those things in place for him, but it is a long, laborious process. And sadly, I can see how many kids kind of fall through the cracks. And and I'm sure that you can think back to when we were in school and there were kids that were wild 
behaviorally in our, there was a kid I can remember distinctly in my fourth grade class and he used to terrorize our teacher. And I'm like, he probably had a little bit of something going on there, but it just was not addressed or whatever appropriately. So, you know, we also don't want to medicate the, what makes him, him out of him. Right. So we're really conscientious of the plan of care that is going to allow him to authentically be himself, but also succeed. But that's a fine line. I don't want him to be a zombie, but I want him to be able to function. I want him to be able to be successful in getting the therapies and um, counseling and that kind of stuff. And if necessary, medical intervention in place for him so that he is successful because he's brilliant. I mean, he's very, very smart. His kindergarten screening scores were higher than our other two's. And they did not have the behavioral issues that he has had. So he's, and that was one of the things that during his parent-teacher conference this spring that we had with his teacher at the special ed preschool, she said, I have no concerns about him academically, none. She said, he will be, if not the smartest, one of the smartest in kindergarten in his school. Wow. Yeah. So. That's, it's just been, it, it kind of turned our lives upside down, but um, it's kind of been a bit of a blessing because it has changed the dynamic for us and realigned some things. And we have other stuff going on in our life too with our older kids um, and their bio mom. And so like this has, you know, Jesse's dealing with that situation. I'm dealing with our youngest. And then, you know, he and I are kind of tag teaming whatever as it occurs in the house. So. Well, listen, knowing you the way I do and having a pretty good idea of Jesse, although I've, you know, I have not met the man in person, but just based on what I do know of him, Mm-hmm. Like, I have no doubt that you guys are going to figure out a way to overcome this and to flourish, you know, in, in the only way that you guys can. And that's what makes you guys pretty awesome in my book, you know, because it's it, it, I've, I've always maintained that the level of, of success is often it's determined by how much you put into it. You know, if you're half-assing it, there's no way you're going to get to that level of success that you ultimately want or that you are working towards. But if you're all in and like you are of the mentality that you are going to do whatever you have to do to get to where you want to be, there's only so much that's going to stop you and, and anything that does try to halt your momentum 
more often than not, sometimes we just have to take a half a step back, evaluate the, the situation, come up with a plan and execute. That's what you guys are doing right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I realize that, you know, it's going to take a while to get there. But, you know, if you maintain the course that you're on with the mentality that you have and you guys are quote unquote tag teaming, as it were, although when you said that, I couldn't help but chuckle a little bit, but that's a story for another day. Um, <laughs> But be that as it may, I just, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very commendable. You know, your, your guys, this level of commitment to this. And obviously you, uh, you want the absolute best for all of your kids and you're doing what you got to do. So I feel like, um, you know, once the pieces fall into place and they will, they obviously not as fast as you would like, or I would like for you, um, you know, once they fall into place, then everything becomes a lot clearer. And then, and then you look back on this time and be like, remember when this happened? I mean, there, there's so many of those aspects throughout the course of our lifetime. Like Brittany and I were talking about something like that the other day. And it's like, do you remember when this seemed like a pipe dream? You know, it was just something that 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 was talked about. And now, you know, these different aspects that we talked about, it's happening in real life. And it's like, wow, you remember when we were just, you know, this it seemed like forever ago. But mm-hmm. here, here we are. Totally different scenario. And I understand that. My point is, you know, you always you will always go back and look at something like that seemed like it was insurmountable or was never going to happen or just caused you so much anxiety and things of this nature, a lot of ill feelings. You look mm-hmm. back on that time after you conquered that, and you're like, we did that. Remember when we did that? You know, that's pretty awesome. You know, silver lining and everything, you just got to look for it, right? Yeah, yeah. And work, work like, you know, you and I talked before we went live and there's just a lot of other factors in our lives that are just going on that will will continue to go on for the next 10 years till the kids are 18 and so <laughs> I just recognize that at the end of the day it's it's about me but it's not about me right and um, it's just I have so much to say, and I'm just really being <laughs> choosy with my words. Um, I they say money cannot buy happiness, but you know what? In some aspects, it can. Oh. It can. And in other ways, you know what? I, yeah, you, you know, we're in a, in a high conflict situation. Right. With Jesse's ex. It has been a difficult four years. And we are back at it again. It's like every two years. So I, at this point, 
am not, I'm doing my best to disengage and no longer participate in the circus because whatever money it costs us, whatever, which is stupid, by the way, the amount of money, like divorces in child, like domestic court is a multi-billion dollar business. Mm -hmm. And Jesse and I have had this conversation numerous times. That money that has been spent could have fully funded the beginning of college for the older two children. <laughs> Obscene amounts of money have been spent in the pursuit of money. I guess you got to get a return on your investment. <laughs> I mean, right. Otherwise, <laughs> what you, I mean, what's the point at that point? You know, I just, yeah, I just don't understand. Yeah. Hurt people hurt people. That's and they, it. And they think that by financially putting the sticks to someone that that is going to, yeah, is it going to make things tighter? Is it going to make things uncomfortable? Is it going to change things? Yeah, yeah, probably. But one thing it's not going to take is my happiness. And it's not going to take that thing that you're jealous of. Yeah. So. You're absolutely right. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a roller coaster, but you also have to recognize that the people you're dealing with and they're flying monkeys. And that's, you're right about that because people will go out of their way. I mean, I talked about this very recently. They will go out of their way to make sure that if they're miserable in some aspect of their life, they're going to make other people, and especially those that they deem responsible for one reason or the other they're going to make them or try to make them as miserable too. A lot of people allow that to happen. Mm -hmm. you know? I did for a long, I did for a long time, but it's like very, very recently I had an epiphany. Like it was something that I was like, are we are, seriously, we're effing doing this again? Like, what are you fucking kidding me? And I just, it, it was like a light bulb moment where I was like, you know what? This isn't even about this anymore. It, it isn't. And, and I don't even care. It's like to the point I said to Jess, I was like, you know what? It's going to be what it's going to be. And I'm not going to, I don't have the emotional bandwidth, not dealing with all the other stuff in our lives. Um, I don't have the emotional bandwidth to deal with the nonsense. So I've disengaged from it. I have not RSVP to that party of craziness. And let me tell you, I'm I'm in the better for it right now. I love that. I have not RSVP'd to the party of craziness. I feel like that's a goddamn t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't, and, and it's, Jesse knows he has my full support and that I'm here for him and that I love him and that changes nothing between him and I, but... I did not marry her. I did not have children with her. He is a strong, 
capable man who's an incredible father. Um, I'm a compliment to that situation. I'm a compliment to him. He gets three kids ready for school in the morning, breakfast, vitamins, backpacks, lunches, out the door because I have a longer commute. So I leave before they do. Um, we are a team, yes, but he's fully capable and he's come to realize that. He doesn't need me. I mean, he does, but not like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's a fully capable man and able to do this. Right. And that's one thing that, you know, really changed my thoughts on, you know, divorce. And because I'm a child of divorce and changed my perspective was, oh, you know, dads with their strawberry suave shampoo and whatever and this and. I don't think dads, at least in Ohio, in 88 counties, only 80 or only four out of 88 counties have a push for 50-50 custody or are more father friendly. No shit. Yeah. So if you were in Ohio and you were a dad, you're going to have to fight for your kids. And it there there needs to be reform, but that's a whole other soapbox moment for me. But um, Jesse is fully capable. I mean, he does put some meals together that are weird, and I mean, his <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, look, they have all the food groups. I'm like, yeah, but those things don't really like go together. Oh he's my like, god! And he's like. <laughs> Does it really matter? Like they like all of these things. I'm like, yeah, but on the same plate. And he's like, vegetables, protein, dairy, carbohydrate. Like he, he's completely. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. You're right. And that, for me, like the power, the control over like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, that. What a hill to die on. Like it's stupid. But you know what I mean? It's bless just, his heart. I appreciate his effort. I'll tell you. <laughs> 100%. And that's the thing where sometimes like we've given the kids the autonomy to dress themselves in the morning. And for me, and it's funny because I know other people who do this. Like to me, clean socks are matching socks. I don't care as long as your socks are clean and you're not taking your shoes off at school. So I don't care if they match. Now, if you're wearing like one like crew sock and one no-show sock, like that's a little weird. But if you've got two like no-show socks that are just going to slip into your shoes and like, I literally don't care if your socks match. I don't. They're clean. I really don't care. But they will come down in outfits and I'm like, wow, like what do you got going on today? Is it spirit week? Like what? <laughs> what is happening? And um. Our seven-year-old will be like, isn't this cute? I am all in pink. And I was like, that's like four shades of pink. Like you are very pink. And um, she's like, yeah, yeah. And I got a bow too. And I'm like, rock it, rock it. <laughs> and Jesse and I will like be looking at each other and I'm like, going to judge us. And he's like, yep. But you know what? She thinks she looks great. Go for Roll it. Roll with it. Yep. 
And that's just one of those things that learning about parenting. And, you know, it's so funny because the quote unquote, well, I want them to look presentable. Presentable to who? The right. kid that eats boogers that sits next to them? I don't give a shit. Like, they're happy. They think they look great. They're clean. It's just, it's just funny. Life is so funny right now. A funny, funny world. Yeah. Like, you can't blame the clown for being a clown. You know, very true. Doesn't mean you have to go to the fucking circuits. One hundred percent. So, like, I did a whole episode on that. Pretty proud yeah. of it too, because I found I found that in a meme, and I'm like, I think I as a challenge. I'm like, I think I can expand on this. Yeah. And it was, you know, that was one of the more more challenging ones to draw out. But once, you know, once once I figured out my point of attack, I just kind of rolled with it. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, kind of what I do. Yep. Anything. So, yeah. yeah, go ahead. So, so how's everything in your life? <laughs> <laughs> oh, things are great. Things are good. You know, by and large. That's not to say that. Um, there hasn't been a ruffle of controversy along the way, but hey. You don't say. Well, listen. I mean. Listen, I know you I know you've been keeping track on what's been put out there. And I know you have comments and questions and things of this nature. So let her rip, tater chip. No, I just, knowing you as well as I do for as long as I have, I've maintained my level of, I don't want to say that I have a wall up, but just a level of concern for protecting all the good that is you. Right. And I don't. And I'm also that same way with Jesse too. Just that there's so much that goes on behind closed doors that people don't see. That when you're not the type to put it all out there on social media, when you've got barking dogs elsewhere, It's not even that you need to get out in front of it, like as in a damage control thing, but I just feel very protective because I know the truth. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, you I don't know. know to, th- I don't know how to elaborate on that without going too deep into the woods about it you know the truth because anything that came up that you had questions about you point blank asked me about mm-hmm. and i point blank gave you an answer 100 percent. we've whether, always had that type of we've always had that type of situation whether you agreed with my answer or not this was my answer and this mm-hmm. is why i came to this 
this conclusion. This is where I'm coming from. This is where I'm going with it. Mm-hmm. Now, you're absolutely right. I didn't have to go out and get in front of it or do damage control, uh, anything like that. But I got tired of people writing my narrative. I get, and it gets to a point to where I'm just, I'm number one, I'm, I'm done listening to the bullshit. Like if you want to, if you want to know something, be an adult and ask me mm-hmm. and I'll tell you, you know, right. as best as I can. Um, another, you know, thing along those lines is like, it took me a long time to uh, feel that level of happiness, like legitimate happiness. Like there was no, it was like for the first time, I didn't feel like I had the weight of the world on my shoulders, you know? And when you, go through the motions of getting the weight of the world off your shoulders and you're finally able to stand up straight. Like you want the whole world to see how straight you can stand up. And not only that, you want the whole world to know that there is light at the end of the tunnel and you can be happy and you can achieve everything that you want in life. You just, you know, with everybody's situation is different there. If you're willing to put in, the time, if you're willing to work for it, if you're willing to put up with the bullshit, you know, because there is always going to be all three in, in some regards, um, you're going to get to where you want to be. Now, um, you know, you can only hear so much, hey, I heard this is going on, or I heard that that's going on. And, you know, okay, if you're hearing it, then obviously you're telling other people who's putting in their own spices. And the next thing you know, what started out as chicken noodle soup has now turned into some, you know, cauldron of fuckery that that has no resemblance of where the shit started at. And I got tired of it. Mm-hmm. And the more people ran their mouth, and because that's what they do, because they just can't help themselves. They got to be in the, be in the middle of everybody else's bullshit. Because you know, probably more often than not, they're too goddamn miserable and bored in their own lives, and they have nothing else going on. I'll give an example, real real recent example. I walked into the the auditorium of Lake Fenton High School this past weekend for my daughter's dance recital, and those cell phones couldn't come out fast enough texting like they were watching for me to come in and as soon as they made eye contact with me cell phones come out and them fingers had smoke coming out of them typing so fast what the fuck are we doing why do you care so goddamn much about what i'm doing Mm -hmm. maybe if you focus that much time and and energy into your own life into your own existence you wouldn't be such a miserable bitch at the end of the day 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah jesse um you know obviously jesse grew up in a small town where everybody married their high school sweethearts and stuff and never really moved away so kind of the little bit of the not that there's anything wrong with that to an extent but there's a mentality that kind of goes with that mm-hmm. 
And obviously I'm not from here. I wasn't born and raised here in all of that situation. So still all these years later, I still get side-eyed. I'd still get this. I still get that, you know, and I'm involved with the kids school and I still get the, you know, the glance or like noticing someone's looking at you just a little too long for comfort. Um, and I just, it doesn't bother me. It, I actually think it's funny. Cause I'm like, the fact that your world is so small that you think this has anything to do with you or that your opinion or your thoughts or anything is laughable to me. Like, that's great. I think that is awesome that you peaked in high school and that your name is really big in this little shit small town. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't, I literally do not care who you are. I don't care that you played t-ball together. I don't, like, I just don't. But, um, and that's something Jesse went through. Like, he lost, in his divorce, he lost a handful of friends. Now, I will say that he has lunch with one of them every so often because the wives sided with the ex-wife and the men went with their wives. That's fine. Um, and at the end of the day, do you really want a spineless friend that doesn't know your truth, that doesn't recognize why things happen the way they did? Then we're not doing what we think we're doing in this friendship. Right. So I'm okay with that ending. Like, but Jesse, for a while, there was a little hurt because he thought that he had established friendships, but also looking at watching, like people watching him finally have the fortitude to leave after being unhappy for many, many years. Um, I think that scared some people. Recognizing that, hey, this person finally has the balls or finally has whatever to recognize that they're not happy and they want better for themselves. They want better for their kids or they want whatever. Um, I think that's unsettling to families who are probably in very similar circumstances. And instead of focusing on their own house, hey, what's going on over at the neighbors? What are they doing? Right. What are they doing? What's going on over there? How about you pay attention to what's going on in your fucking yard? <laughs> Stay in your own lane, fellas. It'll be okay. Right? Uh, so. Listen, you and I talked about this before anything was made public. And, mm-hmm. you know, we knew going into this, you know, not just, you know, we knew that once words started getting out, that it would it would catch fire and it would mm-hmm. be topics of conversation like Jesse went through. I obviously have lost some friends over this ordeal, but I mean. But did you really? No. Exactly. Exactly. No, because um, you know, here's the thing, and I and I don't care. 
what the situation is. I don't care, you know, any of that shit. Like when any kind of conflict and the how it's broken down in terms of who's at fault can alter, you know, more to one side over the other or whatever. But with any conflict, there's two sides to it. 100%. And if both sides aren't willing to acknowledge the fact that they are responsible in some way, shape, or form, you're never going to get that closer there or that whatever the fuck it is that, that you're gearing for um, as you embark in this behavior that is, quite frankly, sophomoric at best. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I have, and I knew it was coming. Like anything that came my way, I knew was coming and I was ready for it. I've been ready for it. Um, I knew that there would be um, feedback, for the lack of a better term, you know? You're this and you're that and oh my God, you are, you know, awful and this, such a shit person, blah, blah, blah. Look, I, I, I didn't realize I was in the in the presence of perfection. You know, I guarantee you, you got at least one skeleton in your closet. And don't tell me that you don't, especially mm-hmm. those people who forget that I know how many skeletons are in their fucking closet. Mm-hmm. So you probably just want to go back and do whatever it is that that you were doing and leave me the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. Because if you want to keep pushing and poking and prodding in an effort to, I don't know, make yourself look like a hero in some way, shape, or form, don't play hero at my expense. I'll play villain like you ain't never fucking seen. And people forget about that. That's so funny that you said that because I was like, that's like my villain arc. Like that. (laughs) Like, Like my existence is like villainized but oh i could be a heel mm-hmm. i could be a real big heel yeah. you know um it, have you found and i'm just sorry just a little side here have you noticed that people will not recognize or have any interest in why you do or did the things you did that led to the chain of events that occurred after. Like, how do I want to put this? I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to be diplomatic. You know how I am. I'm not trying to put everyone's life out on front street here. But if people knew the truth behind like say Jesse's situation or people knew the truth about so-and-so situation, like what was occurring behind closed doors, what was happening, whatever. Do you think they would be as vocal about their disapproval of how things ended up? No. No. And the thing is, is because you have an ounce of integrity and you don't put everything out there. Right. You are getting bombarded with the bullshit. Now, I know in my situation, I know my man's truth. I know how things shook out. I know timelines and history and all of that. 
And that is a hill I will die on. Because I know why things happened the way they did. I know what predated me. And because of the man that he is, he will not participate in, I don't even want to say defending himself, because he shouldn't have to defend himself. Because at, at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter what these people think. They're going to think what they're going to think. Right. Haters going to hate. Yes. Right. <laughs> but, um, because he's not a gossipy person and he's not going to put all of that shit out there, he has endured years of speculation and side talk. And it's funny because like, he's like, I, I don't care. Right. I care. I care because I'm like, fuck you people, because he's not a bad person. And this is what happened. And this is what this person was doing. And blah, 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 blah. That is one thing I am passionate about. Is about him mm-hmm. when it comes to that. Because he is a good person. <clears throat> and because he has a good heart. But people don't want to hear that. People no. Don't wanna, people don't. In these type of situations, people don't want to hear that. It doesn't match the narrative of some salacious bullshit gossip mill that, no, it doesn't match. Be like, you know what? This happened because all of this. Right. It is the consequences of your own actions. (laughs) You know, and when everything really started to take shape, you know, and every, you know, the wheels of, we're in motion to get to where we're where I'm at right now. Like <clears throat> we came into the studio, you and I, you were at your home and I wasn't mm-hmm. mine, and we came in to record and we were on Skype for over an hour and a half, mm-hmm. maybe maybe closer to two hours. We didn't get a motherfucking thing recorded that day no. because I I told you with no holds barred what was going on and mm-hmm. you had asked me questions i had answered them i held nothing back because i had nothing to hold back from you you didn't have a say mm-hmm. in this you didn't have a you know a, a stake in this one way or the other other you know you're my friend and you're my co-host and all that stuff that's one thing but like you had no other reason i don't have, t- have any dog in that fight right so you know anything that you know, you are one of the few that knew everything up until that point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you were very vocal. This is how I think you may want to handle this. And, like, I took shit in, into consideration. And that's why I kept my mouth shut for as long as I did. But it also came down to where I'm like, I am, I'm... I'm sick of listening to this. I'm sick of my story being told by somebody other than me, by mm-hmm. people that have no shit and idea what they're talking about. And not only that, and this this is where selfishly I probably may have jumped the gun a little bit, but 
I have no regrets about when I did what I said, how I came about it, because I got tired of feeling like I was holding Brittany in the in the goddamn shadows when she does not deserve that. Mm-hmm. She is the one that, you know, inspired a lot of this and inspires a lot of the happiness that I have in my life right now that haven't had in quite some time. And I got tired of referring to her as a fucking pronoun. I want, you know, she deserves better than that. You know, the world was going to find out anyway. So instead of everybody else going ahead and just taking the ball and run with it, well, here it is. This is what's happening. You want to know what's happening? It's so goddamn important that you need to know what's happening. I'll go on live fucking television and I'll tell the whole world what's happening. And that's exactly what I did. No regrets. Not a fucking one. And it was funny because when we went off the air, um, <laughs> it was a little bit after after the show went off the air, I checked my phone and I had gotten your messages. <laughs> Tune in to the last part of the show, just kind of throwing it out there, are we? (laughs) Jesse was in the kitchen and I was in the dining room. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Like, okay, well, I guess we're going. We're going. It's out there. (laughs) I just felt like it was time, Nicole. Yeah. Um, What is, you know, everybody's got their opinion as to what the right time frame is. I don't live based on the hopes of tomorrow. I don't. If some, God forbid, if something was to happen to me today, I don't want anybody that means anything to me to have any question as to what they meant to me. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, like, I, I kept shit to myself for a long time. Multiple layers of said conflict. And when I tried to communicate, it was shut down. So what's the fucking point of trying to communicate if you're not being listened to or you're stopped, you've stopped being listened to. I also have a real fucking serious problem with trying to hold a conversation with somebody and they're more invested in their fucking cell phones than what I'm saying to them. When I see that, when I'm a part of that, it fucking triggers something inside i don't want to continue the conversation right you have demonstrated to me that what my concerns are what my feelings are what i have to say takes a back seat to whatever is happening on an electronic gimmick i'm no gimmick i am what i am i am who i am And if I give you the respect out of giving you my attention when you are talking to me about something and I can set my shit over to the side and I don't look at it, I kind of expect the same thing in return. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's just one aspect. It's something that I'm bad about. 
I listen. I will, I will be the first person to admit it. It probably wouldn't bother me as much if I if I didn't correlate that to that feeling of inadequacy that I have wrestled with for a long fucking time. Yeah. And I realize a lot of people do that. And I try not to get allow that to become a trigger for me. I can't help it. Mm-hmm. I just can't help it. And like it it's it's an internal struggle to where if I am met with that situation and I feel like that the conversation has has to be had to continue talking, but now I'm sitting here in my own mind thinking, are you listening to what the fuck I'm saying? Are you engaging in my presentation, my body language, everything? And if you're not, what is the point of me talking? You've demonstrated that I am not a priority. You've demonstrated that whatever my concerns or what my issues are doesn't mean as much as to whatever it is that you're doing on your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that was a little bit of a sidebar, I realized that. <laughs> but um, at the same time, though, it, it, it goes back to unless you have walked a mile in my shoes, you have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Yeah, unless you are, unless you, you know, were an internal part of the, of the situation, you have no idea what went on. And I don't expect everybody to agree with what I'm doing and, and all of that and how I've gone about things. I know I don't expect, and I realize that in some people's minds, that I couldn't have handled this any worse. Problem is for them is I no longer give a fuck about what you think about me or what I do. This is the way it's going to be. And I know it's working because I have people reach out to me that I either haven't talked to in a long time, haven't seen in a long time, but they'll see something that I actually do post on social media, like a picture or something like that. I'll give you an example. My sister-in-law, Melissa, sent me a message. Random. Random. I had posted some picture. I don't know if it was of Brittany and me or whatever, but there it was a picture, and she said, wow, happy looks, looks good on you. And like that registered because she has seen me well close to my absolute worst. Like I haven't exposed my absolute worst to her. Mm-hmm. Very calculated in that, you know. Brittany probably has seen me as close to my worst as anybody ever will, you know, um, just that those brief moments of defeat or just, it it doesn't happen often, but every once in a while, like there'll be a barrage of bullshit all at one time. And when you're dealing with so many things at one time, it, you, it, it can be, it can be a struggle to stay up on your own two feet. And 
thank God, you know, in, in, in that aspect, when that happens and it's recognized, like it's, things will come into play thing, you know, a conversation will take place, something to make me kind of like snap out of it, you know, again, does not happen often, but when it does, man, it's, it's a challenge because there's just so much of it. I want everybody to be the absolute best versions of themselves, whether or not you're my friend, whether or not it doesn't matter. Like, I feel like fundamentally most people have good in them. So therefore I want them to be happy except for those people who are just pure evil from the inside out. And like, I wish nothing but ill feelings for you. Have the day you deserve. (laughs) I mean, at the, you know, but at the same time, I want to be the best. I've spent so much of my life doing everything I can to give people an opportunity to, you know, whether they it's living out their dreams or in some way, shape or form, allowing them the platform or the opportunity or the experience to be the best version of themselves. And for once, I'm doing that for myself. Unconventional, sure. But it is what it is. I don't, I'm not going to apologize for it. I apologize for the hurt that it's caused. Because sure. if, if that didn't, I'd be like, that doesn't kind of align with who you are. No. Because you, you, recognize, you recognize that there was some pain that occurred to, to people. Sure. And I'm not happy about that. No. And that part of it doesn't align with who you are. But circumstances lead people down paths that they normally would not find themselves on. Right. Well, not only that, like, I... I don't ever want to hurt anybody, you know, but at the same time, nobody gave really gave a shit how I felt about things. And when that happens for so long from people that are supposed to be the ones that care about you the most, it kind of builds these walls around you, you know, they're the, the alert sensors are on high alert, like we're at code fucking red. And I'm, I find myself having to question your motives and it becomes exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to deal with that. I don't have the time to deal with it. So that's why anybody that Anytime a red alert is going off, like I no longer ignore that. Like if something don't feel right, there's a reason why it don't feel right. And I shy away from it. I want no part of it. Something's off. I mean, if, if it can't be addressed and rectified, I back the fuck away. I want no part of it. It's not going to do me any good. And it's going to, Allow it's gonna it, it will try to dedicate or dictate a large chunk of my time. I won't allow that to happen either. I just won't allow it. 
it's a choice and it's my choice so people can think oh he don't care this that and the other thing and in some aspects no i don't i don't because i cared for so long for so many where the fuck were they when i needed them and i realize that sounds selfish but after decades and decades of putting everybody else's wants, needs, and concerns at the forefront. And happiness. Yeah. Like, I got tired of waiting for my turn. So I took it. Instead of trying to be life's buddy, I grabbed the bitch by the throat and made it my own. Proverbially speak. I was going to say, well, this just went into an after dark episode real fast. <laughs> no, and you know what? Some jack off will take that snippet and run with it. You know what right. I mean? Because that's what people do. So, right. I, but, you know, and again, I feel like I'm a broken record here circling back on that. It's interesting that people care so much. That if you did, you would have recognized along the line here, the signs were there. Yeah. The signs were there. Someone is not happy. Things are not working. Things are not. And that's also in part, part of the social media problem. Ugh, yeah. Is you're getting a glimpse of a snippet, the highlight reel of what is going on in families and relationships and couples and parents and extended families. You're, oh, look, they had a great family reunion. Oh, yeah, you didn't see, you know, mom screaming at the kids because she fucked up the potato salad. Like, you're not seeing all of these things. You're not seeing, you know, <laughs> dad getting browbeaten because he's wearing cargo shorts instead of chinos or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you're comparing your life based on curated content and people are putting out there, oh, well, you know, this, this, and I'm guilty of it. Like when I post pictures of the kids' birthday parties or that kind of stuff, I've really in a lot of ways kind of backed away from social media a little bit because the people that need to know, <laughs> know, and I, some of it is just so inauthentic. Yep. And, you know, if, and again, if you are that concerned about my life, where were you in not recognizing that I was unhappy or that this was going on or that that was going on or this was occurring? You're so concerned about it now, but where were you? Yep. True story. Well, anything else you want to ask about? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I like seeing you happy. I've known you for a very, very long time, and it is good to see you genuinely happy. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I know you've gone through a lot of changes and loss and a huge just a dynamic shift in your life and um 
because I do know you so well, I know how resilient you are and how strong you are. And I'm just really proud of you. I really appreciate that. And that seems to be, you know, the, the, the consensus amongst the, you know, my friends, my family, you know, the ones that have recognized the change and, you know, they've made mention like you just did, you know, it's good to see you happy. It's good to see you smiling. That I find, I find myself smiling a lot more now. I laugh every now and again, which is really kind of weird. Um, it's a weird feeling. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of things that, you know, have to happen before everything falls into place, but we're well on our way, you know, and it's no longer just scattered parts milling around in the universe. Like they're starting to take form, like they know where they got to go. It's just a matter of dropping them in place and securing them. We're getting there. Every day is a day closer to that. And, um, you know, it's really this chapter of my life has inspired so much. I mean, big and small, like it could have inspired a T-shirt slogan. It could have inspired a topic for the Klaus and Q show or here or wherever. Um, it's inspired positive changes that's ultimately going to motivate me to be the absolute best version of myself, not just for myself, but for those who mean the most to me, you know? So I appreciate the fact whenever I'm told that, wow, I really see a difference. And that means a lot. It really, truly does. So, and along those lines, you know, certainly want to send you and Jesse you know, all the positive, good vibes and juju and, uh, you know, <laughs> thoughts and prayers and things of this nature to, you know, for you guys to uh, maintain the course that you're on right now to um, take care of your stuff and to come out on the other side of it even more awesome than you already are. So well, thank you. Which, which will happen. I have no doubt. Um, with that, we will put a bow on this week's episode with any comments, questions, feedback, show topic ideas, shout outs, or anything of the sort. You can send us a message to our Facebook page. Just look for Klaus to the Heart. Or you can go to KlausToTheHeart.net where you will see all of our other contact information, including our email address at gmail.com. Um, and don't forget to check out the online store, the official online store of the PFC Podcast Network. Just look for CafePress.com forward slash PFC Network. I think that's all my cheap plugs. June 10th, we'll be back on ONTV for Klaus and Q show. Um, hey, in August, at the August taping, Nicole, we're bringing in a live studio audience. I saw that. We're, we're I pretty, saw that. We are pretty excited about that. So, I wish I lived closer so I could come in there and heckle you. Well, there's a no heckling policy. See, big poster right outside. Actually, it may have your face on it. <laughs> Nicole, don't heckle the host. So. Or I'll just, like, you know, 
inappropriately this month. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> yeah. That's a, yeah, I could see that. I could see that being a thing for sure. Uh, well, it's good catching up with you. Always good yeah. to see you. Hopefully our schedules will align here more often than not. And get, you know, I don't want to say we'll see you next week because we're not really sure what tomorrow, what next week brings. Right. So right. we'll play it by ear. We'll see you next Thank time. <laughs> yeah. uh, once shit gets calmed down and get back on here on a regular basis, then we'll be looking back. Hey, remember the two and a half months so you couldn't even make it out of there? Now we can't right. shut you up. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> So all seriousness, good seeing you. We appreciate everybody tuning in, and we will see you next week with a brand new episode of the Klaus to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor. dot com dot fm. Jesus, butchered it. I butchered my own ending. Anchor dot fm. Looking at me, you weren't even looking at me. And I was I'm, I was doing it like I always do, and that's when you I, usually stutter and you weren't even looking at me. You I haven't been drinking, and... haven't been drinking, haven't been nothing. Oh, I'll 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 do better next week. I promise. Cool. Try again. Okay, all right. Again. You can do okay. it. Take two. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see you next week, right here on the Klaus and Hart podcast on the flagship show, the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. God.